You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Hey sisters, I am so excited about today's episode with one of my friends. My friend and today's guest, Megan Smalley, is here to share all about infertility. If you have been through it, are going through it, or know someone who is currently in it, I cannot wait for you to continue to listen because this episode is chock full with goodness, truth, encouragement, and real life practical resources for how to help yourself or help someone else climb this mountain that we call infertility. This bigger idea of infertility sometimes can be like really awkward and clunky because there's just so many different terms and literally like a dictionary full of acronyms. I shared a little openly about Thomas and I's experience with wanting to start a family and what turned into infertility. And then on the other side, of course, love sharing this hope that I have and the end of that specific story with our sweet baby boy Maddox. And Megan herself has three boys that have all come through different treatments during her infertility process. So we're sharing all about that today, but really lean in, listen, and find someone that you might want to share this episode with. Whether you are in the middle of the fight, I hope and pray that this episode is a big resource for you. Infertility can be such a lonely journey, and we talk all about that and more, but I want you to hear me say this one thing before we get started, that you are not alone. Megan and I are just two women out of many, many women that unfortunately share this position or used to share this position with you. And today's episode was made with you in mind. Megan, my girl, welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast. I'm I'd be like, this is a match made in heaven. You were supposed I to be mean, here the whole time. I know. I feel like we should have been real life friends a very long time ago. We're You're late. just like one of those people that I feel like I've known my whole life and you can just like dive deep fast and yeah. I am here for it. <laughs> You're my soul sister. Yes. yes. One of them. Yeah. Yes. No, we like I've admired you on Instagram and have loved following Scarlet and Gold. Like all of your endeavors I'm just so encouraged by. Thank and you. especially when Thomas and I were walking through our infertility journey, I remember you reached out and you mentioned your amazing sisterhood that you've kind of pulled together a community of women that are walking through it too and just like you're a champion encourager for real. Thank you. I yeah. I really believe that's what God put me on this earth to do is to just love on women and encourage them, especially in the hard parts, um, because life is not easy and it's not no matter how perfect someone's social media feed looks, there is hurt and pain and hard things behind Um, the feed and everyone Mm -hmm. has their hard things. And so, and a lot of people like walking through my infertility journey, I learned that a lot of people are scared of those parts and they don't want to get in that part of people's lives and they don't, because they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're afraid. (laughs) Yeah. It's not cute. It's not pretty and it's not well polished. And so they just run from it. And I, I don't know if you felt this way, but like walking through that, like I've never felt so alone in my yeah. life. And that's what really gave me the idea because I think infertility more so than a lot of struggles is super lonely. I mean, they, I have people who reach out to me and they're like, I've literally never told anyone 
besides my Mm -hmm. spouse that were walking through this. I'm like, wow, like that's hard. Really hard. And it's weird too because then, you know, people don't talk about it. People don't know about it. So then people don't know about the terms. They don't know how to love you. They don't know what to say, what not to say. It just is messy because – like no one's talking about it right it takes a few brave people to come forward and educate others on what it's like to love someone in that place but there's only there's a few and far between people that are doing that well I feel like because it's also you don't want to you know it doesn't want to be dark and heavy although it is you want to bring hope and light although it doesn't feel like there is hope and light it's just a weird balance yeah and I think there's a lot of misconceptions in this space and a lot of especially from the church and the Christian world, like there's a lot of people who um, have strong opinions on, you know, treatment and things like that. And I'm like, I don't know if we're reading the same Bible, but like, I can't find anything (laughs) about IVF and IUI in my Bible. And so like, I just think people make it, I mean, yes, I believe we're called to steward the process well, and to above all else, um, pursue God and um, walk with him and, and use discernment. I mean, it's a gift of the spirit that we have been given discernment and, and to know that there's freedom that like, like you and me, I mean, we both walked an infertility journey and our journey looked different and that is beautiful and wonderful and perfectly okay. Um, And I think there's freedom in that. So yeah, it's, it's all a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And we haven't talked about this on Behind the Bliss yet, which blows my absolute mind because it's something I walked through. But I mean, you might get it. It just feels weird to talk about it by yourself. So like we had yeah. an episode where I was just kind of updating people, but it was more of an right. update than like an encouragement. Right. And you're still so much in that place that the last thing you feel like you have the emotional energy to do is to encourage other people. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, I yeah. need the encouragement. And so we're on the other side of it ish I mean lord willing this might be something that I face <laughs> right. again who knows but like right I I've seen I can say that I've seen the fruit from the hardship I really yes. truly have with having Maddox and then you too with having three beautiful boys so it's like this is a moment to encourage other women listening and then also if people clicked on this episode to listen because they've they know someone going through it we can maybe help and give people tools to help others walk through yeah, as well. Yeah, that is like the passion of my heart. I know that that is why that like why Blake and I walked this road is to um be like to equip me to put words to how it felt to be in it mm-hmm. and what I needed or what would have been helpful from other people during that season. And it's like the beauty from the ashes of our story when people come to me and say like, oh my gosh, this was so helpful. Like one of my most downloaded resources is how to tell a friend walking through infertility that you're pregnant. Yeah. And because I'm sure like you felt this, like there are people that do it well and there are people that don't. And usually when it's not done well, I want to believe it's like not an intentional thing. It's just, they don't know. And yeah it's a hard, a really hard space. And I've been on both sides of it now, like having to tell somebody who's still in the thick of infertility that I was pregnant, even though it was like, not like, I mean, it was (laughs) through IVF, but, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard on both sides, but yeah, I mean, I think on the other side, I, I truly believe there's like technically like 
once an infertility like warrior always an infertility warrior because like for me at least like Blake and I can't get pregnant on our own and just like people love to be like oh well I know like so and so who just had a baby and then it like fixed their infertility and I'm like yeah well oh, that- I'm so glad you brought this up <laughs> yeah Oof. like I'm like okay well first of all we we've never been public with our diagnosis because it's just a part of our story that we've kept to ourselves. But like me having birthing a child has nothing to do with why we couldn't get pregnant and it has not changed anything for me. Um, So that's like on the list, top of the list of things not to say, like uh, referring it to referring to a friend, like, you know, Oh, like I had a friend that just that adopted and then all of a sudden they were pregnant. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's scientific fact that if I adopt, Mm-hmm. then I'll get pregnant. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. And like, it is a major loss of a dream. And it is like grief over how deep, deep grief over how you thought your journey was going to go and how your life was going to go. And grief over the fact that it should be one way, it should be fun, and it should be free to have right. a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's not for you. And so it's really not about like all these other people who are quote getting what you want. It's like, no, their joy is a reminder that my story is so broken. And I think there needs to be sensitivity in how you share that news and um, just understanding. I think for me, like when I was in the thick of it, validation was so helpful for me, like for people to not minimize my pain, but to say like, gosh, that's so hard. Like, thank you. That's the worst. Yeah. When someone told me that and I was like, yeah, it is the freaking worst. Thank you. (laughs) Sit with me in here for a second. Yeah. Sit in my ball pit of crud for a moment. Yeah. With me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up because, um, people just so badly want to be helpful. And then in that, you know, awkward, but vulnerable and like desperate place to meet someone in their misery for lack of better words, it's just like some things are said that I'm like, not cool, not cool. Like I remember um, getting messages and even honestly from family members that were like, I've had that same procedure and this is what happened to me. And I'm like, congratulations. I am so happy yes. for you. But yes. at the same time, from someone in this and the other shoes, it's difficult because you're trying to balance and hold both like hope, like I was saying earlier for the future but you can't get too hopeful because it might not be for you, but then you don't want to be like too pessimistic and consider the actual realistic odds because then you you don't want to become literally depressed. So you're trying to hold both. And when you're getting, you know, people that are trying to project hope to your future rather than just sit with you where you are, it's not, it, it becomes a little destructive. Yeah. And, and when people like say these, um, churchy phrases that aren't actually biblical and, or things like just relax, like, or you'll get pregnant when you are stressed anymore. (laughs) Yes. Or like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And it's like, well, that's not actually, or like, you know, God can't, won't give you anything more than you can handle. And it's like, that's not actually what scripture says. Like he does bring beauty from ashes like that is a promise and he promises to be with us in the storm and that the fire will not consume us but he does not promise us babies and I think that is something that was really a shift for me in my journey was when I realized like 
the answer for us might be no. And Mm -hmm. I need to face that before I walk forward in this. And I think that's something that a lot of people, like a friend of somebody walking this road needs to hear, like, you can't fix this for her. And the answer for her might be no. So while it is important for you to encourage her and give her hope, don't give her false hope and like meet her in the space of it. Her answer might be no. And like, I have to love her there. And while we can, like you said, holding space for both while we believe firmly that God is able, he may not. And that's a hard reality to face. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad we talked on like the whatnots because (laughs) I have all of our sisters that are there, been there or like nodding absolutely like their heads in the car while they're listening to this because we just, ugh, we just need to put it out there. Do not do this. Do not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I have a super helpful resource um, on my infertility sisterhood website. Like if you have a friend walking this road, go there. At the top, it's like, let's talk. I have a friend going through infertility. Click that, read all the things because it is very helpful for how to love a friend walking this road because I get that it's like, if you haven't walked it, how would you know? I mean, it it has to be hard on that side too. It's true. And you don't know what's wrong until you feel it. And there's no way to feel it if you're not going through it. So like, just take our word, take her, take her freebie, take her downloadable, (laughs) read it, study it. Yes. Yes. You'll be great. But I do, Megan, want to talk about, because you mentioned it might just be no. And like, I hate even saying it out loud because every single ounce of my being like wants this for my friends. Like Mm -hmm. I would do anything to give them their dream of a family, how they expected it to be. And it might just be no. And so how do we reconcile a good God with a no when it comes to something that is one of your greatest desires? Because then we also hear from the pulpit, like God wants to give you your greatest desires. And I've said it on the podcast because it's true. He does. Right. But like, how do we reconcile when his fulfillment of our desires looks different than what we imagine the fulfillment looking like? Well, okay. I have a lot of thoughts on this. (laughs) Um, I think that it is, yes, we serve a good God, but we live in a broken world and those things Mm -hmm. exist together. Like because of the fall in the garden, the world that we live in is not heaven. And so brokenness, sin, all of the things entered into our world the second that Eve took that bite of the apple. And so the, the hard and broken things that we face are not from God and it does not change who he is. So number one, you have to know the character of God and ask yourself, do you believe scripture? And if the answer is yes, because scripture says he is good. And so if I believe scripture that means when things get hard and when my circumstances try to change what scripture says or when the world tries to counteract what scripture says, I have a choice to make in that moment. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how I feel. Like feelings are not a firm foundation to stand on. It matters what we believe to be true. 
And if we don't have a foundation of truth, a source of truth that we stand on, no matter how we feel, I think that's step number one. So like, if you have decided for your life that I serve the Lord and I believe scripture is the word of God and every bit of it is true, it's either all true or it's not. We don't get to like pick a part. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get to pick parts that we believe to be true. It's either all true or it's all not true. And so if we've decided for our life, it's true, then we have to choose to believe that he is good, even when we don't feel it. And so that's where the hard part comes in. It's like, well, I don't feel like God is good. I don't feel like he loves me because I feel very alone. I don't feel like he's with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I look around at my life and nothing about it feels good. Um, but that's where we have to choose to believe anyways. And we have to read what scripture says and stand on that in the fire because life is not always going to feel good. I mean, John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's plain and simple. Womp womp. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I don't know where we get this like misguided notion that life should be good and easy because that's not what scripture says. And I think when it is good and easy, that should be the like, wow, this is like so counter to what it should be. Um, So yes, like I think it's a choice to like believe what scripture says, even in those moments. But for that person who is like staring down this dark road, I also believe that God gives us free will and to make the choices in our life, like obviously prayerfully and with wise counsel and according to scripture, but this, like a journey to a baby is not in scripture the path that it is supposed to, I mean, obviously like biology says like how it's supposed to be, but there is nothing in scripture that says you cannot pursue treatment. And I think the next step, if you are in this place is deciding, do I believe in medical intervention or not? Because infertility is a medical issue going on. And so if you would pursue treatment for cancer or a broken arm or a cold or anything, I don't think you can differentiate infertility from that because it is a medical issue going on for us. Like we have a diagnosis, like there is a medical problem, right? Something is not functioning how it should. And I truly believe that God created doctors and processes like could he do it without that yes but I see a lot of people who are stuck in the weight of infertility for years and years and years because they're just believing and praying that God is going to give them a baby and while I do believe he is able I also believe that if you wouldn't take that approach for healing in other areas why would you not Like, why is it different here? Mm -hmm. And like, ultimately God still has to breathe life. Like when the, the doctors can only take that embryo so far, but ultimately God has to breathe life, um, into your womb. And so I do believe that we have to look at 
you know, the paths of like, if we're, if the, if a baby and a family is our ultimate goal, there are a lot of paths to get there. One is obviously it happens <laughs> like God created it to happen. Yeah. One is, you know, IUI, one is IBF, one is surrogacy, one is adoption. Like there are a lot of paths to a baby. And I think you and your spouse have to look at all those paths and decide which ones we prayerfully feel good about um, and using discernment and the gifts of the spirit, like walking in step with the Lord, which path do we feel led to go down and then go down it? Like take Mm -hmm. that step boldly Mm -hmm. and bravely and courageously knowing that like you, I think so many women who are walking with the Lord are scared to take that step of treatment or whatever, where, whichever path God is leading them down towards a baby. They're scared because they want to do what's right. And what is right is pursuing Jesus. And that, like, you can do that and pursue treatment too. Um, It does not mean you don't trust God. And it does not mean you're taking God out of it either. Like, he has to breathe life. So anyways, can you tell I'm passionate about it? Yes, and I love it. No, seriously, thank you. Like, we just needed, like, a – we just needed – someone to spill it just like spill the tea on infertility just say what you need to say and this is such a safe episode to do it no I'm just grateful um I would even add like a third so my third I would add is like find someone safe around you to be to like to be I don't know how else to explain it okay one day at church I heard this and I think it's brilliant so I'm gonna say it again I've said it in a different episode but um okay so you're you're weightlifting I mean, I'm not. I never do. But, like, let's just say I am. <laughs> You're weightlifting. Like, I'm talking that? like I know this well. I know. I'm like, what are weights? Okay. So, I'm weightlifting, right? And I have right. the bars on my shoulder and then, like, the weights on it or whatever. And I'm trying to squat whatever it is. I'm not even going to spit out a number. And I'm going and I'm squatting and it's hurting and I can't really get back up. I'm really struggling, right? Well, then someone else steps up behind me as my spotter. And they never touch the bar. But for some reason, like, I feel safer. And so, like, I can lift the weight. The weight never changed. The only thing that changed is someone being behind me, like helping me in case something happened and having that like feeling of safety and security gives you so much more strength. Like literally, I mean, that's just physiologically, like that's true. And it's the same for us mentally and emotionally and spiritually. When you have a spotter, you can lift more, you can do more, you can believe more, you can go further. And so my third would be find your spotter. And like, if you can't think of someone, it's probably because you don't feel safe or you're afraid they're going to say something wrong or do something. Be bold enough to literally like shameless plug, Megan, send them her resource of like, Hey, I love you. I need you here in my corner with me. Um, I am sorry. I haven't asked you before. I think it's just because I'm afraid of something triggering me, but here's a resource I found that could be really helpful for us both. Will you take some time and read this so that you can be my person? Like I would be so honored if someone asked me that. But, yes. like, you need a spotter in this process other than your spouse or who you're yes, going through this that's with. that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it, we need somebody other than our spouse because our spouse cannot, like, if you don't have an outlet to pray and talk through this with somebody other than your spouse, like, your marriage becomes consumed with mm-hmm. this conversation. Your date nights only have conversation about your <laughs> struggle or your <laughs> <Yes>. desire. <laughs> Trust yeah, me. Yeah. And it's not healthy. So 
And it's too much weight, I think, for you to put on your spouse. So yes, I would 1000, I call them like my safe person. Like you need your safe people. We are called to do life in community and it is vital to like your joy and your peace within the struggle to find that person. It's true. And that's that goes for anything in life, but specifically something like this. So, yes. Yeah. And if you are listening and you have a girlfriend that's going through it and you want to be her person, then even take the step like from different perspective and go to her and say like, "Hey, I think that this is something that I would love to be for you. Here's how I've prepared myself and prepared my heart. Like, can I, can I be this for, like, be brave enough to, to approach her. Cause I can even say there was at one point too, I just was so low that I didn't believe anyone could be there for me and I don't want to be a burden for anyone. So I don't mm-hmm. think I would have ever dared to ask. Yeah. Like that's just no, me I, being, being I think that's real. And I think people are scared to ask and they don't know if it's okay to ask, but my encouragement is always, Say the thing or do the thing. If God puts it on your heart or puts that person on your heart, say the thing or do the thing. If it's not the right thing to do or say, you can apologize later. Like there's so much grace for somebody who says or does the wrong thing when they're trying, like when the effort is there. There's a not, for me, there was not as much grace for the people who said the thing, the wrong thing or did the wrong thing and they ne- like didn't really make much of an effort. But I think the number yeah. one thing you can do is educate yourself on what she's walking through. And then secondly, listen. Like there's so much more value in listening than talking. So oh, you can't fix yeah. it for her. Just listen. Ask the question, close your mouth and listen. Ask the next question, close your mouth and listen, like that is what you do. Educate yourself on what she's walking through and then listen. And like, it will be the most beneficial thing that you can do for her other than pray, obviously. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm someone said one time, like, I'd rather be wrong out loud than perfectly silent, especially when it comes to like my friends hurting. And I'm like, yes, I'd rather them know, like, I'm here for you, here for you so much. I'm going to say something and screw it up, but (laughs) I'd rather be out loud wrong than just pridefully sitting here like quiet because I'm afraid to say something. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. Love it. I can agree. Yeah. So good. Oh, okay. So for the girl that's standing, you said this best in a voice message you sent me (laughs) Um, (laughs) at the bottom of this mountain of infertility. And she's just staring up at it. And she's like, I can't, there's, there's no way feeling zero hope because we've kind of covered the it might not it might be a no but what kind of hope like realistic hope can we give her anyways I would say find people who have walked the road before you and their story has ended in a way that is hopeful and hang on to that because like our story. And I, like my, I was texting with a friend who's walking through a miscarriage and she was like, you know, your story just gives me so much hope because it's so easy to look at your life now. Like you have three boys and forget all the brokenness that happened in between because we went through IVF the first time, transferred three embryos. It failed. We went to another clinic, got um, six embryos, transferred to the first time, got twins. 
And then in between my twins and James, my third, we had a failed transfer. And I think a lot of people forget about that. Like there was even brokenness in between. And I think it's so like we decided to share and so did you like we shared our story before we had the happy ending. And I think there is so much value in that because you're sharing with people how and showing them how you cling to hope, even though you don't know how the story ends. It's so easy to like share your happy news and then be like, oh, by the way, we went through hell to get here. And we, but we had hope and it's like, well, it, once you know how the story ends, it's easier to say that. But I would just say like to that girl who's at the foot of the mountain and, and I just staring up at this mountain that looks so big and so tall and so impossible. I would tell her one, like you are not alone. There are so many other women who are at that foot of the mountain too join the sisterhood. Yeah, um, don't look up, look to the side and to the other yes, side. Yes. We're all looking up at it. Yeah. Yes. We are all looking up at that same mountain. And sometimes you're gonna have to take like all the paths up the mountain feel so overwhelming. And when you look side to side at different people's journeys, it's like, well, maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should do that. Just the biggest encouragement I can say to you is focus on the path that God is leading you down. And no matter how scary that road seems, because I know it's dark. I know that there is no light at the end of the tunnel that you can see right now, but I want you to take the step anyways. And Mm -hmm. I just like imagine myself being on that boat with the disciples out in the middle of the storm and like God calls them to step out and you're like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no thanks. Like, I'm going to stay right here in the safety of the boat. Like, I'm not really all that big of a fan of like being out in the middle of an ocean. And then I can only imagine like a storm going on. Like, yeah, I'm out. Like, no, thank you. But like, that is what God calls us to do. Like, keep our eyes focused on him, on our story, not on everyone else's. Like, I want you to know that this story that God is writing for you matters, even the hard parts, especially the hard parts. Like God is not writing her story for you. He's writing your story for you and it matters. And so I want you to keep your eyes on him and on your path and keep taking that next step, one step at a time, even when you cannot see the road ahead. And little by little, that's how you get closer to your end goal because it's just like little acts of obedience and faith and trust. Mm-hmm. So, it's so yeah. good. Amen. <laughs> like she <she'd have> preached. <laughs> so good. Oh my goodness. This reminds me of the song um, by Hope Darst. She has a whole album called Peace Be Still. We've had her on the show. She's an incredible friend. Um, the, the whole album is amazing if you're walking through some kind of waiting season specifically with infertility, but one of them was kind of like my theme song was sing my way through. And it just says, I will sing my way through all the way to everything you've said. And so wow. it's like, you just got to put one foot in front of the other. No, like what we we're saying earlier, that truth bomb of like, I know what you feel, but what do you believe? And act, act like you believe. Don't feel 
your way to belief kind of thing. Right. And um, yes. yeah, one step in front of the other, just seeing your way through it. It's like the only way is to get up a mountain. It reminds me of like, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite at a yes. time, you know, yes. that's the only way yes. to conquer it. Yeah. Totally. So good. And for people that are listening, I just have to like plug this. It's so good. Um, <laughs> you have a book called Give Grace and it's all about how to embrace the beauty of life's brokenness. And it is exactly what we're talking about. But it's like a book, but it's also a journal. And it's also beautiful, but it's also, it, it's so cool. It's like all the things. It's yeah. all the things. And I'm obsessed with it. Thank you. It's like my heart all on pages. And I, for me, like I wanted it to be an anthem of hope. And also like a practical tool, like no matter what, I mean, I share my story of infertility in there and I share a lot of stories that I've never shared publicly, including when my sister got pregnant in the middle of our IVF cycle, which was one of the hardest things (laughs) I've walked through. (laughs) Um, But no matter what you're walking through, whatever your mountain is, I pray and hope like my desire for the book was that it would, you would find it helpful and that you would find it like an anthem of hope and grace and trust um, and be able to walk forward on the other side, more equipped to take that step up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing for people that are walking through it. But also, this would make an incredible gift for someone that you just want to love on. If yes. you know, you're like looking for that next practical, like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Like, write them a little letter of encouragement and just give them the book. That's the yes. best thing, especially when I you agree. have no words. Megan has the words. <laughs> I agree. She's like, got them. So many people say to me, like, I, I have a friend going through this and I don't know what to give them. I'm like, this is the thing. Get them this. <laughs> right. You're like, eh, shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug. This is why I wrote this. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to link that in the show notes so people can find that link really easily and go and get them one for their awesome. own bookshelf or for someone else. Yeah. It's like, it would be perfect. And my favorite question to ask, and this can be related to our conversation or totally not, but what's something that you're loving these days that you have to tell our friends about that are listening? Okay. I know. I know. I know. Okay. So I like haven't shopped in four years because I had twins and then didn't really bounce totally back physically before I had my second, um, So I'm trying, you know, to like do that, like get your body back if that thing exists um, now. And my sisters, so I went shopping because I needed like clothes that actually fit me. And my sisters turned me on to, you're probably like, oh my gosh, Megan, you're so not cool. But like tennis skirts, like I have never worn them before. And so I went to Outdoor Voices. Have you heard of that? Uh-huh. Obsessed with your dresses. <laughs> you're like, wow, Megan, you're so not cool. I no. live under a rock and I didn't know. I had never heard of that. I'm like, what do you mean outdoor voices? I'm not like that outdoorsy. Um, but like I got some from there and Athleta and um what else? Lulu got me some tennis skirts. And like for me in the thick of motherhood, they make me feel like more feminine, but also yeah. like I'm chasing boys around and like, you know, up and up and down off the floor and all the things. So like that has become my mom uniform. It's like a scarlet yes. gold t-shirt and my tennis skirt. I love that so much. Okay, wait. Okay, so since we're on this topic of athleisure, um, I am also obsessed with athleisure these days just because I'm, yeah, like on the go, constantly sweating, mom you uniform. know. 
Yes. Um, okay, there is an there is a company called Halara, H A L A R A. Okay, I'm writing this and down. And they got me with an Instagram ad, Megan. Oh, got me with the Instagram, the Instagram ad. ads. I was talking about the outdoor voice dresses for like the longest time. Like they have like an athletic yeah, yeah, yeah. tennis dress. I don't know how to describe it. Um, super soft, all the things. Well, Halara got me with the Instagram ad and I was like, what the heck? They're like $30 a dress. I'm just going to go ahead and order three. So I did. Um, took like three and a half, four weeks to get here. Pretty much from China. Kind of smelled like vinegar. But <laughs> once you get them. <laughs> but they are, they're, they're legit. They really are. They like, um, they're like... Without being too tight. Yes. Yes. And they have the built-in little, like, shorts with the phone pocket on the side underneath the skirt. And then it has, like, crisscross back. But they've got tons of different little thingies. Totally not not sponsored. Just truly think that they're just the coolest thing. But I got a purple one, a green one, and a white one. I am going to check those out. Check it out. It's really nice to have things that you can just like throw on and Mm -hmm. phone pocket is a bonus. Like nursing friendly is a bonus. Um, Just like whip it out. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is one of the dresses that are friendly for that. Yes. That's so good because nobody likes to, you know, strip it all down to feed the babe. Yeah. No. Can't. I know. I'm above (laughs) that now. (laughs) Like I've lost all modesty. Yes. 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 Oh, good. This, this is, Yeah. This is good. This I'm like, is I don't know real what good. Real good. The, the Lord said this is good. <laughs> I feel I, like we could just, you know, talk forever. I know. I just, yeah, this needed to happen for me, for other people, for the podcast. Like, we just needed a good, thick, rich episode that's also fun and, like, lively for this conversation because infertility, although it sucks with a capital S, like, it's not the, it does not have the final word. It yes. never does. Yes. Like I've never met a woman that has walked through this before that is, you know, on the other side and is still miserable. It always, yes. it always ends beautifully. Yes. Um, and although that's might be hard for people to hear right now, like please cling to that and order Megan's book and read her resource and open up Hope Darst on Spotify. Just check out our show notes. We will link everything. Get you a Halara dress. <laughs> yeah. Like all the things <laughs> we'll link it on the show notes for you to just... Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.